Hello, it is I, a slightly healthier version of myself, Jacqueline Kitzman. Um, last week, recording the episode was such a challenge. Y'all don't even know. It was so freaking silly. I tried for days to record the episode, but was so fucking sick. I was like sneezing and coughing all the way through. And I sounded like this. And I... um like literally couldn't get through it. So we got that whole episode recorded, edited and out at the very last minute. And then I went the F to sleep after. Um, so yeah, I'm really thank thank you all for dealing with the quality my voice quality in the last video or video. It's a fucking podcast. In the last podcast episode, um, I really appreciate it. And I'm hopeful that I'll be sounding a little bit more normal this week, even though I'm still slightly stuffy. Um, let's see housekeeping. Hey, things are still a shit show in the world. They're uh, kind of a shit show, you know, um, everywhere. Uh, make sure that you're watching the news. Make sure you're keeping your ear open. As always, empathy is always better than apathy. That's not to say that you have to tank your mental, you know, your your mental health for to listen to what's going on, but it does mean that like witnessing and having your ears open and being a good listener is vitally important. So do that because it is an incredible tragedy what is happening in Ukraine right now. It's a terrible tragedy. And there's a lot of stuff happening here, like in Florida with the don't say gay bill that needs our attention. There's a lot going on with, um, you know, the anti-trans legislation happening in Texas that I think I believe was blocked. Um, but they're still pushing that. And the governor of Texas is an absolute moron. Sorry, Texans. And on top of all of that, there are some incredibly disturbing um, anti-abortion legislation happening, I believe, in Missouri, where they're even making ectopic pregnancies illegal. Y'all don't know this, but or you may. I actually spent a ton of time in Missouri growing up because I lived so close to it, just like an hour away um, growing up in Illinois. And I spent just a stupid amount of time in St. Louis. Um, and the other thing is like, we thought that I might've had an ectopic pregnancy after my miscarriage in November. Um, like there was some really weird, that's one of the reasons I went to the ER and had a whole bunch of tests done. An ectopic pregnancy is not a viable pregnancy. You couldn't even truly call it, like you can't even call it a fetus. It's an embryo that gets implanted outside of your uterus. And it will not, it is not viable for life because having a child implant outside of a uterus is not viable for life. It's not viable for the embryo and it is not viable for the parent that has that happen to them because it it will literally, it, like many people who have ectopic pregnancies lose fallopian tubes, lose could it's it's it is a incredibly fatal condition and in Missouri currently part of their anti-abortion legislation is making ectopic pregnancies like or um abortions in regards to ectopic pregnancies illegal so that would leave the parent experiencing the ectopic pregnancy with the choice of jail time or death that that is what they're that is what they're looking at. It is so it is such an uneducated and awful piece of legislation to come forward. It is it you know, it's it's condemning people pregnant with ectopic pregnancies. It's condemning them to death or jail. It's it's absolutely 
horrendous. And if you have ever experienced an ectopic pregnancy or been worried that you may be experiencing one, it is an incredibly scary and often tragic event for the person, for people who wanted to be pregnant and thought that it, and thought that it was going to happen for them that time. An ectopic pregnancy is a tragedy on multiple levels. The last thing that those people need to be facing after is the choice between death and jail time. So keep your eyes and your ears on Missouri and that anti-abortion legislation as well. I know that at the beginning of this podcast recently, I've just like come on and been like, here's all the fucking bad news onto the cards. But I don't I think that it's like drastically important to point out that there are things happening in the world that we have to choose empathy over apathy about. Okay, and now I will stop. I will move on to being tarot teacher. I'll actually move on to housekeeping. So y'all with Patreon, I am so excited. I am putting out a whole bunch of like workbooks and tarot spreads. There's extra audio writing. I'm getting ready to do um, to schedule the, you know, AMA for the end of this month. It'll be on Tuesday nights at eight central time. I'm going to send out the Zoom link to the people in the Hierophant and Lovers tiers on Patreon. And we're going to hang out for an hour and you know, have some have some drinks, tea, wine, whatever, whatever your beverage is. And we're going to talk all about tarot and spirituality and just chat. And I'm really excited for it. So, you know, if that's something you're interested in, check out Patreon. There's a link for it in the show notes, as well as in the link in my bio on Instagram, which is at Awaken Tarot. Uh, other than that, in regards to housekeeping, um, I really appreciate everyone who reviewed this week. Um, it, it pushes our podcast up. Y'all like don't even understand how cool it is to see the fact that we have been in the top 100, top almost 50 um, in the charts in regards in U.S. for spirituality for months we have charted. That is the coolest motherfucking thing to me. And it is it is an absolute, um, you know, that is dedicated to you and to the people who listen and to when you share the podcast with friends or family or or whoever. And every time you review or you rate or you subscribe, like all of the subscribe, subscribe. I know English. You know, every time you do those things, it it just it just pushes us up on the charts and it keeps us charting. And it's really like that's y'all. That's you guys. And I appreciate it so much. Uh, to jump in to the card this week, we are finally getting a minor arcana for part of the episode. We're going to talk about, this is really interesting to me. I have earlier episodes where I've talked about, I think, every other seven on the tarot. And I even did an episode on sevens in the tarot. And so we're kind of finishing out, I think, all of our sevens with the seven of swords. The seven of swords is a super fun card. Um, as we all know that when I talk about sevens in the tarot, I talk about self-realization, um, self-awareness, self-control. Those are all really big themes that come out that come up in the seven that help us transform in the eight, honor in the nine, and then complete in the ten. Okay, so in the seven of swords, let's talk about the imagery. It is a person. They have three swords in one arm, two swords in the other. Two swords are behind them, um, and they're kind of like tiptoeing, it appears. In the background, you can see it looks like three different tents. It's kind of an arid, dry space, and the card is primarily yellow, Um this is this is important because the swords has a lot of blue like the cups does. 
Um, the reason for blue is because it really, blue is that, like I said, I think last week, blue is that cathartic, inner, subconscious, emotional, thought-centric color. So it's really fun here that we have so much yellow. Um, yellow is happiness. Yellow is sun. Yellow is vibrant. Yellow is obvious. Yellow is warm. It's also fiery. Um, there's also a lot of aspects of red in this card and this person's shoes and the hat. And in, like it's a large primary color in the tents behind them. It's a very dry, hot card, um, which is kind of a little bit out of character for the other cards in the suit of swords. So digging into the imagery of this picture, you see this person, they've got five swords in their hand and they're tiptoeing away. A lot of times when you read about this card, just in general, like probably on Wikipedia, the consensus is that this is a person who has stolen some swords and they are tiptoeing away. You'll see that in very basic um, meanings of this card, you'll see it says deceit, lying, betrayal, strategic planning, someone trying to get away with something. And I'm not going to tell you that those cannot be facets um, of truth in this card or facets of meaning. Like, obviously, every card is multifaceted in their meaning, and the keywords uh, from the traditional Smith Rider weight are important. But this is literally almost never how this card has come up for me. In regards to when I pull this card, this is what I see. Two swords behind you, five swords in your hand. It's a card of, it is a card of, and I guess, in a sense, planning and strategy, but not in a way that makes you calculated or cold. Because again, this is a card of warmth. This is a card of obviousness and no shadows and not being sneaky, I would say. Even though this person seems to be tiptoeing, I would say it's more about gentle walking. Um, for me, this card is about understanding why you do some of the things that you do. Um, the suit of swords can bring up just by nature because it's talking about brain chemistry and communication. It brings up a lot of trauma. It brings up a lot of things that may be hard to talk about or hard to think about. Um, for instance, I had a uh, you know, it's no secret, my childhood was shit. And there are a lot of things that I do today that I developed as coping mechanisms as a child to help me stay safe or succeed um, that I carry through now in my life where I'm in a really safe and loving place. Those coping mechanisms don't always make sense now. Um, for instance, I think in a previous episode, I talked about needing to say I love you to everyone when they left a room. That was a coping mechanism that my family developed when I was in high school through early college to remind to remind each other that we loved each other because things were so fucking tumultuous for a long time. Um, I don't have to do that now. I don't have to leave a room and tell Gabe I love him because I'm afraid that if I don't say it, maybe he won't know or I don't need to hear it constantly. Because I know in my I know in my soul that I'm loved now. Like I know the sky is blue and grass is green. So I don't have to do that. 
in that instance, that is me picking up some swords and leaving other swords behind, picking up some strategies and leaving things that no longer serve me in the past. I don't have to carry with me absolutely every coping mechanism or every or the results of every trauma ever as I progress. As I go through life, a lot of healing happens because at the end of the day, the suit of swords is about healing certain things. And the seven is no different. Um, the seven is no different. The seven of swords is all about self-correction, correcting things or leaving behind things that no longer serve you. It is about moving gently through your thought processes to take yourself to a different place. It's about having that realization and that self-control to say to yourself, I don't need to take all of these things because it is safe to leave things behind. I don't need all these coping mechanisms. I don't need all of these, these troubling thoughts with me anymore. I don't have to worry that every time um, I drive somewhere, I'm going to be told to come right back or kicked out of the house. I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about certain things. I don't have to worry that someone's going to tell me I can't have food or whatever else. So there are things that I used to do as coping mechanisms that I leave behind I don't need anymore. And that's the same for anybody that pulls this card. It is the strategic thing of, okay, what do I need and what do I not need? Or um, you could even pull this card in regards to, okay, you're having an argument. Um, sometimes if you pull this card in a relationship reading and your question is, what, how can I solve, how can I solve this issue I'm having? And you pull the seven of swords. You're thinking like, what, I need to lie or be sneaky or what? Um, no, it's saying only talk about the things at hand that matter and leave other things behind. Don't bring up past issues. Walk away from them. Take what's important to this specific argument or issue and leave what's in the past behind. I think sometimes, you know, especially especially in relationships when we argue, we like to you get to a point potentially where you just start throwing anything you can at somebody, any sword, any arrow you have, you just start whipping at them and you're doing it to hurt them or to keep score. But in the 7 of swords that's asking us, you don't need to keep score. Focus on the things at hand, leave whatever is unimportant behind. And that is a that is self-control. That is strategy. That is, but it's not being sneaky. It's not bad strategy. It's not being controlling. It is having the ability to understand that you don't need every single sword. You don't need every single coping mechanism. You don't have to throw at somebody every single thing they've done wrong. Focus on the thing at hand. Tread gently. Don't just fucking take things to take them. If, um, you know, if you didn't have, um, you know, if growing up, you didn't have a lot of food as an adult, you may have a lot of like, um, you may, you'll see this, um, in times with, um, with like children who were foster children or children of abuse, you'll see them, um, hide food in their rooms right? And people are always like, I don't understand why. It's not like I wouldn't give it to them in the kitchen. They couldn't, it's not like they couldn't have it. Well, it's, it's a coping mechanism. It's a safety thing, right? It's okay. Like if I do this and I store this food or I store this drink or whatever else, I'm going to have access to it later. I'm not going to be hungry. Um, these are little things that 
hopefully as you go on and you have the self-awareness as an adult, hopefully you're in a safer place. You don't have to do that anymore. Um, I know that's like a really like um, sad example, but that is, you know, I, a lot of times when I'm talking about these, I draw on from like personal experiences, but you, you simply in the seven have this ability to come to terms with why why are you doing this thing? Consider it. Why are you doing it? Are you doing it because it is something that helped serve you a long time ago? Or are you doing it because it's something that you need now? If it's something you need now and you and you have to do it, then by all means, like the card is encouraging you to keep doing that thing, to keep having that reaction, to keep to keep that safety zone in place. But if you don't need it anymore, this card is inviting you to consider leaving it behind. It's telling you you don't need it. And this card, we really get to take a moment to, to, to self-examine. And I think that's a vitally important card to get because it's not just about being sneaky and it's not about stealing from people. Um, and it's not about just about taking more than you need. Um, not to say it can't be about those things, but I think that it's a much, you know, tarot at its core is is a love letter. Sometimes it's tough love, but it's a love letter all of the time. Um, it's tarot is gonna. It's not gonna come. It's it's not gonna. It's not gonna use this card to say that. Um, somebody is fucking betraying you. It's gonna use this card to be like, hey, like actually sit down and consider what is happening here because it could be an invitation for you to think about how why other people are doing what they're doing are they doing it to hurt you or are they doing that thing because it makes sense to them for some reason it's a card that invites empathy and warmth and consideration and careful treading um and that takes a lot of control. That's not an easy thing to do. And I think that's sometimes why that card gets such like it can invoke a visceral reaction in people. It's because that's not always an easy thing to do. But as we all know, this is the part of the podcast where you all sit down and we held a therapy session on past trauma. No, thank God. This is the collective reading. Um, this week we are moving through the moon, which I think is interesting because last week we were in the reverse star and this week we're in the reverse moon. And I got to talk a little bit about the moon in the last several weeks too, which is always fun. And I mentioned that the moon, um, is one of the few cards in the tarot where there isn't a human like affect in it like a person or a heart. There's only a couple cards in the tarot that are like that. The moon is one of them, and that's always important. Um, it's asking us to come to the moon as well. We are the same as the, the, the wolf, the domesticated dog, the crawfish. We too have to come to the moon, and we have to face our wild and face our primitive nature. That is the invitation of the moon. It's a pulling, a yearning. Um, the moon has little yodes falling from it, which is an invitation to listen to what we're being, to what is being asked of us. And this week, that is exactly it. We are being asked to. We had that deep breath this last this last week. We took those moments. We really. We took the time to feel, and now we have to listen for what's next. We have to do what we're called and pulled to do. We are being called to feel. We are being called to be moved by something. We are being called to confront what is there. 
And I think that that's really, really important because in times where uncertainty is completely surrounding us, one of the only things we can do is look to the sky and intuitively listen to ourselves and where we feel drawn, where we feel drawn to help others, where we feel drawn or how we feel drawn to move forward. What are we, what is our calling? Work with the moon in that way because it is so beautiful. And even if we're unsure about things, because the moon can produce a lot of like that uncertainty, it can magnify that in us. But what it also does is push and pull us somewhere. And I think listen for that calling. Anytime that you feel like something is missing or there's a thing that you're um, that you're wanting to do, but you don't know what it is, take a minute and look up and, and, and listen. Because that pulling, that, that need you're feeling is going to be incredibly important. Um, and it is going to help make things more obvious, I think, in the next coming week. Very cool that we went from reverse star to reverse moon, by the way. It means that we are following a natural, like, it means we are following a natural progression of something. Okay, that is this week's episode. It's a little bit shorter because, again, minor arcana is a little bit more specific um, than the major arcana. And that's all I have to say. Bye.